comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundance life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. I'm teaching on love is not proud. Somebody say love is not proud. Say love is not proud. For the past months, I've been teaching on walking in love. Somebody say walking in love. Say walking in love. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Since you are God's dear children, let's read it together one go. Since you are God's dear children, you, turn to your neighbor and say, Be like God. Uh -huh. The least you can do in your Christian life is to try to be like God. And if you are going to be like God, then your life must be controlled by love. Somebody say love. love. Say love. love. Uh -huh. Your life must be controlled by love. God is love. God is regulated by love. Everything God does is fuel and driven by love. So your life must equally be controlled by love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice that pleases God. Verse 3. Verse 3, you don't have it. Okay, you, let's move on. First Corinthians 13, verse 4, and then I was zooming into. Let's look at it. Love is patient. Let's go. Love is? Love does not. It does not. It is not. Okay. Any love that is full of pride is not the God kind of love. Any love that is full of pride. Is not the God kind of love. If you want to know the God kind of love, one of the major characteristic features about it is that it's not proud. Somebody says it's not proud. Yeah. It does not behave itself in a way that it is not. It does not think of itself more highly than it ought to think. It has not got an exaggerated opinion of itself. Love is not proud. Love is not proud. And last week, I talked about seven dangers of pride. When you walk in pride, your end is very close. Pride is a very dangerous thing that can destroy anybody, no matter who you are. No matter who you are. If you don't deal with pride, it will deal with you. And when it deals with you, it destroys you. That's the ultimate end of pride. Pride deceives. Pride denies you access. Somebody say access. 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 There are places you will never be able to go. Because you can't simply learn how to observe protocol. Praise God. Access. Sometimes you have the certificate, but your manners are denying you a great deal. Praise God. How you talk to people or with people can deny you access to many things in life. Pride. Pride number three is pride number three demotes. Somebody say demotes. Demote. No matter how high you go. Pride will bring you down. Proverbs 29, 23. He said, arrogance will bring a person down. 
No matter how arrogance will bring up your downfall. But if you are humble, you'll be respected. May you be respected. Amen. No matter where God takes you. In fact, God does not take people who are proud anywhere. Except down. The only place God sends proud people is down. Keeps pushing them down. Down, down, down. May you shall, you shall be exalted. May the Lord exalt your horn like the horn of the unicorn. He said, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you. God exalts people. But God also brings people down. You shall not be brought down. Amen. Some sweet marriages have been brought down. Some sweet careers have been destroyed. All because of pride. Number four, we said pride disgraces. When you walk in pride, ultimately you'll be disgraced. You'll be disgraced big time. You will be disgraced. Shame and reproach will always accompany people who are proud. Anywhere you go, you will be disgraced. Most of the time, people are proud. Talk and they say people don't like them. It's not because people don't like you. You may be liked as a person, but that character called pride, nobody is comfortable with it. Number four, five, we said pride dismisses. It dismisses. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed, nor neither was their place found anymore in heaven. That is the place you and I want to go. But somebody was there and he was dismissed. Because of pride. So, if you are walking on earth and you are proud, I, 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 I shudder to think that you may make heaven. Yeah, because the one who started it there was cast down. So where are you carrying your own? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, lay it aside. And then, of course, it said, pride destroys. Pride what? Pride destroys. Pride destroys. The Bible said, before a haughty spirit cometh forth. And pride goeth before destruction. In the way, you see somebody walking in pride. His destruction is very imminent. Then, of course, pride brings death. You will die before your time. You will not die before your time. Amen. Pride kills people before their time. Pride. One man spoke and said, the, the people heard me say, nobody has ever spoken like you have spoken like God. He said, yeah, but you, are, are you now discovering that I'm God? Immediately, worms ate him up. Check. When you go, check Acts chapter 12 verse. Listen, it was not, it was life surgery cut him and was not fixed again. Immediately, worms ate him up. On a set day, I read, give me one of the new living translations. New living translation. On an appointment, Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes and sat on his road through and made a speech to them. The people gave him great ovation, shouted, it's the voice of God, not a man. Instantly, somebody say instantly. instantly. You see, you see, there are things God does not waste time on. One of them is pride. The moment Satan said, I will exalt my throne, I'll be like the most high. God said, you are going down. And immediately he went down. That's how Satan became Satan. That's why at the early stages we said that when you walk in pride, Satan is your father. Because he's the father of all who are proud. And this morning we want to see who is proud. How do you identify whether you are walking in pride or not? That's what we want to do. I'll be showing 20 characteristics of people who are proud. Not in this service. In this service, we'll look at 10. I started in the first service. We'll look at 10. And then next week, we'll do the other. Then the following week, 
I will teach on how to uproot pride from your life. If you are clapping, clap where? Pride. Sometimes when somebody walks somewhere, they say he's very proud. Yeah, some people are not proud. Sometimes it's some, uh, they fell down when they were a child and something happened to their hips. So they are walking the way they are walking. It may not just be proud. But the Bible, God's word, which is the book for life, gives us practical ways and biblical ways to identify pride. The first sign the Bible gives us about a proud person is that he does not feature God in his thoughts. A proud person has no place. Usually, they have a thick-stick mentality. They are the people who can speak and say, God does not exist. I don't believe. It's a fallacy. Religion is the opium of the people. When you hear somebody talk like that, he's the biggest fool you have met. Praise God. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. In the book of Psalm 14, verse 1, he said, the fool had said in his heart. Did you see that? There is no, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The moment you allow, you begin to entertain that thought and you allow it to form your life, you are walking in hyper foolishness. Praise God. Fools think. They sleep and they wake up and because they can explain metabolism and some metachemical processes going on, they are tempted to think that it just happens. Nothing just happens in this life. There is a God who created the universe. He's the one who gave us life. We did not just evolve when we were created. The Bible said in the image of God created he male and female created he them. The proud person does not. Psalm 10 verse 14. He said the, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. He's not, he doesn't feature him in his thoughts. You know, as a man thinking, so is he. When you don't think God exists, you can live life anyhow. Do you know that? that that's how you can live life anyhow. Because God does not exist. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. A proud person does not feature God in his thoughts. God is not a consideration. The God factor, they attribute it to all kinds of things. Like the testimony you heard. Somebody can just hear it and rubbish it. You are just lucky. Next time, let it be your turn. And let's see whether you'll be alive to say it. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. Look at one big man. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what shall I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Look at verse 18. Then he said, I know I will tear down my pants and build bigger ones. Now, count the number of eyes. Because usually, pride people, when they talk, they are full of eyes. Eyes, Satan, I will exalt my throne. I'll be like the Mosa. When you read the scripture, it's the same thing. He said, I will. Go back. Let's start from verse number 17. He said to himself, what should I do? First one, I don't have room for all my crops. Second eye. Then he said, I know. Then he said, I will tear down my bands. That's I fall. Then, <laughs> I will have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. That's I five, right? I will sit back and say to my soul, I what? I six. My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now drink, take it easy. Eat and drink and be merry. And look at the one who has the key of life and death. What he said. He said, 
But he said to him, you fool, you will die this night. Praise God. This very night, there is somebody who can make you die this very minute. And if you don't learn to fear him, you will discover that at too late, an hour. Then who will get everything you have worked for? That's right. James tells us something very interesting. He says, James chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. He said, look here. He that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such, look here, you will say, we will go into certain town and we will stay there a year and we will do business there and make a profit. You know, there are people who have 20-year plan, 30-year plan, and they have it all rolled out. It's not bad, you know. You have to be a person of vision. It's not bad at all. Where there is no vision, a people perish. But when you see, you plan it out, and you are hoping to achieve it because of certain expertise skills you have, that's when you are setting yourself up for trouble. Because that 20 years, there is no guarantee that you might visit. it. So if you are not relying on God, and you are relying on your skill and strategy and connection, I bet you you are failed already. Praise God. You are failed already. And if you cast your mind back, you see a few things you plan to do and how woefully they failed. How woefully they failed. James 4.14. Well, I was reading. Please take me back. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's like it's here a little while. Then it's gone. Verse 15. What you ought to say if the Lord, if the Lord, if the Lord, of course, it is not a, it's also not an excuse for you people to say every time when somebody say, uh, if God waits, if God waits, there's a, another twist to it. Praise God. We are talking about living your life dependent on God. That's, that's what a humble person does. A humble person lives his life dependent on God. Number two, a proud person does not seek after God. They don't seek God. They don't seek God. You see, God is sad that he will make you seek him. One, he has placed a desire in you, in you for him. That should naturally make you seek God. There's a desire in every human being, including atheists, that longs for a fellowship with God. Man is a spirit. And because we are spirit and God is a spirit, we yearn to fellowship with God. That's why long before we got exposed to the gospel, we decided to find God in uh, mountains. We found God in stones. We found God in all kinds of places. Because the human spirit is always desiring to worship something. The human spirit always wants to worship something. And if God does not become your object of worship, something else will become your object of worship. There are those who worship knowledge. Knowledge. So they are driven by knowledge. Expert information. That's all they live. So uh, you go to their houses and every newspaper is there. They read all of them. A proud person does not seek after God. In the book of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Somebody say humble themselves. Do you know that it takes humility to pray? People don't pray because they are not humble. When they wake up, a fresh week, they can't make room for God and pray because they know what's up. They, they woke up maybe around 4 a.m., plan their day, and everything is okay. They have an appointment at 11. From there, they'll have lunch, and then from there, there, there's nothing like spending time before God to fellowship with God because they have it all figured out. But listen, 
The farthest any human being can see is tomorrow, yesterday. That's the farthest any human being can see. Beyond yesterday, you lack capacity to even tell what will happen in the next 30 minutes. Praise God. Every day of your life, you, are, you, you, you need God. That's what the Bible said. Without me, you can do nothing. It said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep watch over the city, the watchmen wake, but in vain. It is vain to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows. For so, he gave his beloved sleep. Psalm 127, verse 1 to 3. Life is an adventure, an exciting adventure with God. But it can also be a torturous one without God. A proud person does not seek after God. They don't seek. When they are developing a plan, they don't seek after God. They are going to marry a girl and it's all hips they look at. They don't seek after God. They don't seek after God. They want to marry a man and all they are looking for. Does he got a car? Where does he work? How much does he earn? He's not seeking after God. Listen, the man earns a thousand dollars this year. But in the next two years, even in the next two months, you could lose that job. And if that is all you are looking for, you mess your destiny up. May the Lord guide us. Amen. May the Lord guide us. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, he said, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In all thy ways. In all thy ways. A lot of the times, Christians embark on projects and God's face has never been sought. Once we have money, we just move. Once we have money, we just move. Number three, a proud person does not, a proud person does not obey or tremble at God's word. When somebody is proud, he doesn't work with the word of God. No matter what they hear, they will still behave the way they want to behave. Praise God. They would, they would always do what they want to do, regardless of whatever they've heard. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, this is what the Lord of heaven says. The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? Verse 2. He said, my hands have made both heaven and earth. And they and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who, humble and, who have humble and contrite heart. Who tremble at my word. Who do what? Tremble at my word. Tremble at my word. Sometimes people come to church and when the word of God is preached, when they go back, they are fighting somebody because they feel that the person has spoken to pastor about their case. Listen, one of the greatest blessings you can have is when you come to church and the word of God ministered. Touches your matter. That means God loves you. But when you sit in a church and for one year, one month, all the things that were said, nothing related with you, you are on your way somewhere. I don't want to say Somewhere to destroy. Somewhere to destroy. I have had an occasion of uh, somebody even calling me after service and asking me whether some conversation we had is what I'm preaching about. I say, hey, do you know how many people I speak with? I say, hey. And when I say, you see, when pride eats you up, eh, you don't take, as the word is coming, you don't see it as the word from God. You see it as pastor speaking. And when you see it as pastor speaking, that's when you have a problem. If it was just to come and speak, I won't sit up from 12 midnight and be standing here teaching to you. No. If it was just to come and speak. If you just come to speak, just speak my mind, tell you what I think. Oh, I can tell you what you like, what you don't like from my mind. 
Praise God. A proud person does not tremble at the word of God. God told uh, this man, so go and completely annihilate all the people of Amalekite. When he went, he said, some people are better. These ones, I can't destroy them. I'm going to use them as an offering for God. A proud person picks and chooses when the message is good. I remember one of such persons, the same person. One time I did a series. When I finished, he came to congratulate me. Pastor, the teaching you did, your, that series just blessed me. Another time. You see, so if my measuring stick is this kind of person, I'm gone. I'm gone. So when it's on your part, you're excited. When, but the Bible said the word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts front and back. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's what the word of God is. Praise God. Every time you hear a proper word from God, you have to receive instruction. You have to be corrected. You have to be rebuked. You have to get guidance for your life. Number number, good. Number four. A proud person looks down or despises others. Proud person. He looks down. There are people a proud person can relate with. When they are dressed some way, when they drive a certain car, when they work at a certain place, you see, the Bible says, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Praise God. Know we no man after the flesh. The person may be working tomorrow, today, but tomorrow he may be your employer. One of the greatest disciplines you can give yourself is to learn to respect people wherever you find them. I said in the first service, every human being deserves respect. Praise God. Yeah, they, they don't need qualification to be respected. I don't have to be a pastor for you to respect me. I don't have to be a doctor for you to respect me. I don't have to be a carpenter for you to respect me. I just have to be respected because I'm a human being like you. When you were born, you didn't come with pharmacy drugs on you as a pharmacist. When you were born, you didn't come with a, 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 a casket as a carpenter. You didn't. The Bible said, naked came we into the world and naked we shall all return. The moment we go to the mortuary is a place where everybody is level. You can't tell a professor from a person who has a degree from one who has not got a degree from the mortuary. Praise God. You can't tell Miss Well from Miss Village. You can't tell. When they are lying there, they are all the same. That's why you must learn to respect people. Praise God. From the car park to the auditorium, respect everybody you meet. Praise God. Sometimes people come to church and they address ushers as if the ushers are their house boys. Yeah. Learn to respect people. Learn to respect people. A proud person despises people. Number five, a proud person has ownership mentality instead of stewardship mentality. Ownership. 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 My brother, I'm going to Ownership mentality. One of the risk, riskiest mentalities you can carry is a, a mentality of ownership. Because you owe nothing. Praise God. I said you owe what? Nothing. The reason why you owe a car is because you have a life. And that life was given to you. 
If you die, I wonder who will drive your car. So whatever you owe, you assuming that you owe money, oh, I have I built this company. Ultimately, the one who gives you life actually is the one who owes you. Because life is what you need in order to make use of every good thing you have. And that life does not come from you. It comes from God. Am I communicating somebody? It doesn't. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 27, except, except a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. What is it that you have that you didn't receive? Everything you have from your life to your wife to your children, to everything you have, it was given to you. And if it was given to you, you can't brag about it. Praise God. You can't. You can't. Paul was talking about this in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. 1 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. He said, now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you be puffed up on behalf of one against another. Then he said, for who makes you differ from another? Somebody who makes you. Say, who makes you? Who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Me, I will not give my money to church. See you. Who gave you the money? Don't give it to church. Die and see. They will give it to the mosque. Somebody will just pick it and be using it to buy dogs. Just around. When you could be securing eternal rewards for yourself by investing in the kingdom of God. Am I communicating here? What is it that you have you did not receive? Let's see one man. Who thought he owned something and ended up becoming miserable? Daniel chapter 4, verse 28 and 31. All this came upon Nebuchadnezzar, verse 29. He says, at the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. Now, you see how the royal palace is coming in. Maybe next year, I will teach about your attitude in the royal palace. Because some of us can be walking with cool heads until we enter the royal palace. The moment you enter the royal palace, everything changes. When your car is on Simpia, when we preach, you receive it another way. But the day you bring some S5 BMW, that day, the Bible said, at the end of 12 months, walking in the royal palace, verse 30, the king spoke, saying, is this great Babylon? Take note. This is where he missed it. He said, is this great Babylon that I have? No, please. You, you take note. When you are reading the scripture, just open your eyes. It's not a Quran. This is Bible. He said, I have built. I have built. This is great Babylon which I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. He has built it. Did he build it? He had built it. No, it is a he may have had contractors, bought the land and everything. <laughs> but he didn't know that unless God builds, you can build and tomorrow it will break down. There are people who are building properties and every time they, they, they go far, something catastrophic happens and the money blows away. Amazing things. All over. Somebody was on a construction site. They do construction this week. The next time they go, this is not Langaso. Nobody comes there. But by the time you go, everything is on ground. And it's not on ground in blocks, forms of blocks you can pick and put back. The blocks are broken, mangled. Praise God. 
That's the kind of world we live in. So when you sit down and say, ah, now, if you get to be a wessy binti, only the park as I say, we've removed some other. When you die, carry it with you. Go with it. Praise God. He said, This is while the word. Now, you see, when the eye thing takes over your life, eh, you have to be careful. When I speak with people and I sense it, I fear in my heart for them. Praise God. I fear. I fear in my heart for them. While the word was still in the king's mouth, you didn't finish. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you, it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. Did you see it? It has departed, so he's going somewhere. Whatever it is you have, it was given to you. And the one who gave it to you can give it to somebody else. Esther went through purification process and became beauty queen. Miss Persia. Everyone was celebrating her. And at a point, Mordecai had to tell her, listen, woman, it's not just beauty pageant that you went through and became old. It's because God handpicked you and gave you an opportunity. So understand why you are here. Understand it. When God gives you money, understand it. When God gives you beauty, understand it. When God gives you intelligence, understand it. Stop using it to swindle people and thinking you are wise. Stop it. Stop it because that is not the purpose for it. A proud person has an ownership mentality. Take me back to the scripture. Ownership. The kingdom is departed from you. And if it was just that, then it would have been okay. But verse 32, it said, and they shall drive you. You used to drive yourself, now they are driving you. Praise God. I'm telling you. Yeah. Sometimes you hear people talk to their drivers and it's as if they are not human beings. But listen, you can have any kind of car, Lexus, whatever, Mercedes, whatever. One stroke can let you be like this. One stroke. One stroke. One stroke. One stroke. With all your money, one stroke. And you can't sign the check. One stroke. One stroke. Have allowed it to enter your head, treating human beings. And when it happens like that, who will be handling it? Who? who? Turn to your neighbor and say, humble yourself. Humble yourself. He said, You shall be driven, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. He moved from the royal palace to the beast of the field. You see. Humility, eh? all through scripture, God never tells anybody that he should allow God to humble himself. He said, humble yourself. Everywhere, all Old New Testament, humble yourself. Because when God humbles you, you won't like it. Nobody has ever enjoyed the humility God brings on people. God doesn't humble people. You humble yourself because when he brings you down, you may never go up again. Even if you go up, the stigma that will stay with you. This man became an animal. And for the rest of his lineage, Till tomorrow, today I'm preaching about him. Some other churches will preach about him. Every year, and those who saw him in their days, their children, when they go to school, everywhere. Why? Pride. Pride. 
pride. Pride. Look at, you see, he was speaking and said, I built it. But when we check out in the book of Daniel chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, let's see how this thing was working. He thought he had built it. Oh, king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and a majesty and a glory and honor. Did you see that? He said he built it. The Bible says God gave it to him. Did you see that? Uh-huh. He said, I built it by my power. Then, when the man was interpreting, because you see, it is not everybody, you can even build, but to eat from what you have built is another thing. People build and they don't see the end. Others build and the day they move in, they become crippled in it. Walk in humility. Turn to your name and say, walk in humility. A proud person oppressed with an independent spirit. Number six, he oppressed with an independent spirit. A proud person. Somebody who is proud oppressed with an independent spirit. When you have a proud wife, he oppressed with an independent spirit. Praise God. You can't do anything with a proud wife together. Husbands and wife must do things together. But when a person is proud, she wants to have a privacy. In a matrimonial home. Where did that come from? When you want sex, there no privacy. But when it comes to money, privacy. When it comes to your phone, privacy. You are sick from your head. You need deliverance. Praise God. Yeah. You can't. You can't. The Bible says, man shall leave the father and and they shall cleave to and they shall be one flesh. How come you are so independent? Independent spirit. There are many people who operate with that spirit. When they are in the group, they always want to create problems in the group. They can't be part of a group. When they come to church, when we are standing, they are sitting. When we are singing, they are watching. That's an independent spirit. It shows that we are proud. You see, it is even commonly said before you came to church that when you go to Rome, do what Romans do. Is that not what he said? And we have come to the presence of God. Everybody is, their hands are up and we are standing and we are worshiping. And you are seated, crossing your leg. You have a problem. It's a protocol. It's a protocol. It's a protocol. Oppressed with an independent spirit. When we say Christians, we are wearing white. Uh, the address is very beautiful today. That was beautiful. We are wearing red and white today. They will come in yellow and crumpling. Yeah. Independent spirit. Because they want people to see that they, they, Independent spirit. Independent spirit. The meeting starts at 8. They will come at 8.30. And they just come so that you know that they, they don't just flow. They, they don't, I just don't go with the flow. You have a problem. Have a problem. Learn to go with the flow. Yeah. Because pride has eaten you up. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 1 10. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing. Somebody say the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. Then he says that you'll be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Independent spirit. Independent spirit. It's a very dangerous spirit. Praise God. When we go right, they go left. That's an independent spirit. 
In the book of 1 Corinthians 14, 40, he said, let all things be done decently and in order. Somebody say, decently and in order. Decently and in order. Decently and in order. Decently and in order. How can we have decency and order? We have to agree. Praise God. We have to agree. We have a washroom. We go there. When the place, you finish the place, you leave it as nice as you met it. You don't make the place messy and walk out. Independent spirit. The Bible says, watch those who cause divisions and create confusion among you. Mark them. Let me show you that scripture. In the book of uh, Romans of the 16, the CEV. He said, my friends, I beg you to watch out for anyone who causes trouble and divides the church by refusing to do what all of you were taught. All of us were what? All of us were taught. There are people, when we teach tithing, they won't tithe. It's an independent spirit. First fruit, they won't give first fruit. Everything we teach, they do the opposite. It's an independent spirit. That's what Satan wanted to be. He wanted to be independent of God. He says, stay away from them. Tend to your neighbor and say, stay away from them. Stay away from them. They, they, don't, they want to serve themselves, not Christ. They are flattery and fancy talk fool people who don't know any better. A proud person is not submissive to authority. A proud person is not submissive to authority. They don't. They don't. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 and 2. Everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone, must submit to governing authority. For all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Every authority comes from God. Where did your father get his authority from? From God. Where did your pastor get his authority from? From God. Where did your husband get his authority from? From God. Praise God. And you must learn to be submissive to authority. Submissive. Submissive. If a wife will learn to listen to her husband and stay away from certain people, that home will be a very sweet home. But the very person your husband says, don't get close to, that is the very person you want to be friend with. Oh, can't I be free? Listen, when you married, you are not looking for freedom. People who want freedom, they don't marry. See, you are married and you are still thinking like a baby. Ah, can't I be free small? Listen. <laughs> they don't marry to free, be free. You marry to come under a Lord. Can somebody say, give me a name? Sarah called him Lord. Sarah called him Lord. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. He says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they work for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that will not be profitable for you. When you read the book of 1 Peter, he talks about the various people we need to be submissive to. Don't go to an office and create problems in the office. One person, you are creating tension. There can be no peace in the office for business to go as usual. Because everyone you seem to have a problem with. When the woman is your leader, you have a problem with. When uh, uh, some, a guy is your leader too, he too, he, he left school not long ago. When the woman, this one is a woman. When this one too, this one has not got your kind of qualification. It's not all of that. You are just rebellious at heart. Praise God. First Peter 2, verse 13 and 14. Look at what the Bible says. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now, please follow it. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for God's sake. 
Rather to the king as supreme. So one or two verses, we are doing this. You should be submissive. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah. If he says we are not coming to church, that one, he's, uh, he's mistaken. Yeah, that one is off. Off cry. But apart from that, if he says, oh, we are cleaning the gutters, don't close your shop and fail to even appear there. Be submissive. We are going to open voters register. Let's check our listing. Don't sit in your home and be watching unnecessary movies. Go do that exercise. Be submissive to authority. Am I communicating with somebody at all? Be he said, be submissive to authority. Every Then he said, all to governors as those who are sent by him for the punishment of evil doers and for the praise of those who do good. Verse 15, he says, for this is the will of God that by doing good you might put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Be submissive. Be submissive. Some Christians cannot simply function under unbelieving bosses. They can't. They can't. They can't. Once a person is an unbeliever, they seem, they seem to think that they should make his job difficult. Relax. That's it. Now come to servants. Servants. First Peter 2.18. Servants, servants be submissive to your masters without fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Be submissive to your bosses. Servants. Somebody has brought you home to help with the family, to help with the children. When she says one, you have said ten. Be submissive. Be submissive. Now go to the killer, the killer one. <laughs> Wives, be submissive to your own husbands. Be what? Submissive to your own husbands. Your own husbands. Be submissive to them. That even if some do not obey, I like this scripture so much, that if some do not obey the word, they without the word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So there's a way a wife's character and disposition can bring a husband to church. But when you are not on track, the man will actually be going out of church. How can you marry somebody in church and you are taking the person out of church? He said, be submissive to them. Then verse 2, he says, this is what you don't like, but it's there. When they observe the chase, your chase conduct accompanied by fear. Verse 3, he says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair wearing of gold. Oh, see the ladies. Look at how fine they are. Turn to a lady and say you are looking fine. And make sure it ends there after the service. Should end there. That you are looking fine. It ends here. Full stop. Wearing gold and putting on a fine apparel. All of those are good. Makeup. Braid your hair. Put some things on it. Criminalize your hair. Do something. <laughs> but most importantly, but let it be the hidden person of the heart, of the incorruptible beauty. Makeup. How long will it last? Under 24 hours, it's gone. Makeup. And yet you sit down patiently. <laughs> when your husband is speaking to you, you can't even sit still and listen to him. But when they are making you up, 
Let it be the hidden man of the heart. Listen, and guys, any lady who is not happy with some missing is not marriageable. He's not marriageable. Any woman who argues about scriptural submission is not marriageable. If you marry her, I tell you, you will divorce her sooner or later. Because that person is disorderly. And if you marry a disorderly person, it's like marrying a harlot. Anybody can enter. Yeah, you are not, no, you are not alone in it. Anybody at all can have access. So when it's your turn, it's your turn. But when you go, somebody else will come. Disorderly person. Listen, man and woman are equal. Husband and wife are never equal. Am I communicating somebody here? I said man and woman are equal. Husband and wife are never equal. Never equal. Not, not according to the Bible. Not according to the Bible. That's not the theme of my sermon. <laughs> Praise God. A proud person finds it difficult to serve or do menial jobs. A proud person. A proud person finds it difficult to serve or do menial jobs. Anybody who is proud. When we close church, shall we please help us pack the listen? You see that they will be on their mobile phone and see if they are doing something. That's Pride. Minion jobs. Minion jobs. Minion jobs. Do you know the disciples of Jesus, they were first ashes? First, they were ashes. When the people have eaten, they were to gather the crumbs. Pick the food. A place where over 10,000 people have eaten, and you are to gather the fragments. Can you imagine what kind of job it is? When Jesus came, he laid aside his garment. And the Bible said he began to wash his disciples' feet. Wash the disciples' feet. Wash the disciples' feet. Some people are so lazy and so slothful at some tasks that even after they have eaten, washing their own bowls is a difficulty. Man, at least if you can't cook, washing you should be able to do. You should be able to do. You and the wife, both of you went to work. She came, she has cooked uh, uh, and that other things. What prevents you from standing by the distance and washing the things and assisting her? Who says that you cease to be a man after you have done that? Am I communicating here? Yeah. A proud person is not willing to do menial jobs. Let's clean. No. When they are standing here ushering, they are smiling. When they go to the washroom, they are not smiling. Yeah, there's something wrong with your character. Number nine. A proud person does not admit his mistakes nor repent from them. A proud person does not admit their mistakes and repent from them. A husband who has never apologized to his wife before is a very proud man. Said sorry before. He's a very proud man. Praise God. Very proud. Very proud. 
It's, it's almost like anti-man to say sorry. Yeah. Listen, when you say sorry, it doesn't demean you. It doesn't what? In fact, when you are among wise people, when you say sorry, they see you as wiser. It's only among fools that they insist when they are wrong that they are still right. Yeah. Among fools. Because they are foolish, they can't see that what they have done is even wrong. They are so blinded by foolishness, they can't see it. Praise God. The prodigal son collected everything and left home. The Bible said when he came to himself, he went back and said, Father, I have sinned. He didn't come and say, now, when I wanted to go, you could have decided to stop me from going. He didn't say any of that. When you are sorry, you are sincerely sorry. One of the stories I can't stand is sorry, but... Papa, I'm sorry, but I want to say something. That's pride! If you are sorry, you are sorry. By the time you have something to say, <laughs> you have nullified what you said. So, it is not that you want to... It's a prelude. Say what you want to say and don't say the sorry. Let's hear that one. Praise God. Apostle Paul enjoyed grace and I was amazed. Let me show you something. One day, this man called Apostle Paul. Okay, let me close to that. I'll come to that. But, when you look at David and Saul, their major difference was that one could say, I'm sorry. The other could not. David admitted, the moment Nathan said, you have sinned. There are some people, you tell them you have sinned. He said, ah, if Nathan had gone to him, ah, now Nathan, in two person, have you two sinned before? But the moment Nathan said, you are the man. He said, I have sinned. Then he said, the Lord has put away your sin. Because it was genuine from his heart. But Saul will say that I have sinned. But come and let us go. When you read that account, I don't have time to go through it. When you go read it, he said, I have sinned. Oh, I know I have sinned. But come and honor me. When you sin, shave. For the wages of sin is death. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the moment sin comes in shame is the next thing. But this man is still covering his shame in the midst of sin. There are people who sin by fornicating and they ask sin to sin by committing uh, uh, murder. Abortion. The Bible said, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh shall obtain mercy. Let me close with it. A proud person cannot say sorry or apologize. When they, uh, they cannot. They cannot say sorry. They cannot say sorry. If you marry them and you don't live in advance forgiveness, you will harbor things forever. Praise God. Praise God. When they should be saying sorry, they will be giving you a gift to bribe you. Yeah. Instead of saying sorry. The Bible says in James chapter 3 verse 2, it said, for indeed we all make mistakes. We all do what? We all do what? We all do what? Now, if you all do make mistakes, we should all be able to say sorry. Apostle Paul, he was a chief sinner. He became a chief apostle. And one of his major secrets was his uncommon humility. Apostle Paul. The last to be called and the greatest amongst them all. Acts chapter 23, 
verse 1 to 5. They had brought him before uh, one of the kings, and the king was speaking. Gazing intently at the high council, Paul began, Brothers, I have always lived before God with a clear conscience. Verse 2, he said, Instantly, Ananias, the high priest, commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. The high priest, who is supposed to know the law? Then look at Paul, a man who was let it. He said, but Paul said to him, God will slap you. You corrupt hypocrites. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that? Now listen, those standing near Paul said to him, do you dare to insult God's high priest? Look at it. I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was a high priest. And there are people who sometimes go on that tangent. Say wild things, crazy, sometimes about their pastor, about a man of God. And when their attention is being drawn, they are saying, maka, maka. You are destroying your destiny without knowing. Praise God. You show gross disrespect and you can go and boast about it and brag about it. And you think it will go well with you in life? It doesn't work like that. Paul said, I didn't realize he was a high priest. Take me back. I didn't realize he was a high priest. When you are humble, when you err, you admit it. And not only admit it, you retract your step, you trace your steps. The Bible said, a soft answer turning away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. There are issues that would have passed in 30 minutes, but they have lasted for years because one woman one man, one boy, one girl, one teacher, one student will not say, I am sorry. Just that simple word. Just that simple word. Listen, and for those of us who are parents, sorry also means sorry to our children. When you make a mistake, tell the child, I am sorry. Sorry is not made for children to adults. Yeah. That you are a pastor does not mean that when you err in judgment, you lose your pastoral anointing when you say you are sorry. You are the MD. Rather than lose a valuable asset that God has blessed you, just say sorry. And by the way, one of the things I've realized is that sorry is actually not for babies. It's for mature people. I've seen that in my spiritual work and my leadership as a pastor. Those who say sorry are spiritually mature. Those are spiritually matured people. Because you see, when you are mature, when you are a baby, what you think about is prosperity. When you mature, what you value most is peace. And when you say sorry, you are saying that I want hostility to cease. I'm for peace. And the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I pray that as we come to the Lord's table, every spirit of pride that is eating you up, destroying your relationship, destroying your marriage, destroying people who have been brought into your life to help you. I pray that God will heal you from it. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Yeah, because you see, this prayer is one of the most important prayers I can pray for you because as long as there's pride in your heart, it's already determined how far you can go. You won't go far. Your, the, the length and the destination you can reach is already determined. Pray and say, Lord, a new heart, a heart of humility, a heart that will tremble at your word, a heart. And some of us, when we close this service, go and say sorry where you need to say it. 
Go. Don't send a WhatsApp. Call the person and go and see the person if you have to see the person. That is one of the things a humble person does. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We give you praise. The same spirit of humility that was upon you is coming upon us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. That we will not destroy the future you have for us. To you be praised. To you be glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you.